Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. And I'm Danielle. This is an all-Hellboy podcast. We're reading all the Hellboy comics, and every week we interact with our awesome listeners, and now Danielle's going to tell you all about it. Fuck no. Wes Matthijs is going to tell you all about it. <laughs> oh, crap. I'm going to tell you all about it. <laughs> all right, this is where we, you know, we read the, read the books by Mike Mignola and... You know, some other people that have helped out with the books, and we and we listen to Danielle, Aubrey, and John talk about it, and they read it to us, and we listen to their comments, and then we're like, hey, wait, I got a few comments, and then I write into you guys, and I give you some comments, and you're like, oh, that's an interesting comment. I've never thought about that comment before, and then in the process, we become friends. Yeah. Yes. Friendship. Awesome. Wes Matthijs. Wes Matthijs. Yay. Thanks, Book Wes. Club member. Book club member. Yeah. yeah. Thank you Book for your awesome member. intro. Yeah. He had such an enthusiastic interview on our debriefing <laughs> episode. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We had our epic Milagro episode with Matt and Ross last week. That was our little bonus episode. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. So I hope that you guys will get your pledges in. We actually had some listener feedback on that episode. Christopher Egan said. Christopher Egan. Book club member. Yeah. He said, I'm so fucking hyped for this book. I'm in a wedding on Monday, but I'm going to have my phone in hand hitting up Kickstarter. Not even going to be discreet about it. Nice. Nice. And uh, And then later that day, Matt took that quote and made it into a promotional thing for their Kickstarter. <laughs> That's <laughs> I great. saw that. That was awesome. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. That's so excellent. I'm glad we can help get the community hyped for this project and, uh, yeah, let's help yeah, them meet absolutely. that goal. I'm really sure. excited. All right, and now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. You read a story. We talk about it. You hate them guys us. And it's a book club. Get out, trade some floppies. We heard from Ryan Yule. Ryan Yule. Book club member. Yeah. I don't know uh, how cool it is to like mention this, but we were talking about like, maybe people cannot get this little comic yeah and that's what i was that's the first thing yeah. that came to mind when i was like so it's a super ultra weird <laughs> exclusive you know so it's just kind ryan of ryan found somewhere online where you could read it mm. but i don't know how i feel about right. sharing Should that we... because but it's not really something that this isn't something that's been widely yeah know, i don't know it's like i'm a collector so i want it you know and i mean i want to hunt down the dvd sure. and get the little comic that's inside but if you there are ways to read it online. I'll not just that, leave it not at that. that. We're, not that we're recommending anyone do that. You definitely should not do yes, that, but you that, could ostensibly do that. that. That's what I'm saying is I'm the kind of guy that will go out and, and look for the little comic just right. because I, I want to have it. Yeah. But, you know, obviously we support all the comics. Yeah. Everything that we talk about on the show is stuff that we buy, you know, that we have the physical right. copies of or that I've bought the digital versions if I don't have the, the physical copy of it. So, yeah, right. you know, support the comics. We're not trying to endorse that anyway, but. There, you can find this little DVD comic if uh, if you are really looking for it. Right. I wonder why Dark Horse wouldn't just release this as a. I don't know. Do you think are there are they thinking maybe people wouldn't buy it? Well, or? You, the same thing was the one that we're going to talk about this week. Is there like you a know? collected I don't edition wanna, of all these little? No, books? There, there's not, and you can't get them digitally I, either. Well, I feel like they could. This is the second one that we're reading now. How many of these are there? There's a couple. There's a, so couldn't they just like make a big trade of all these little books yeah. and sell that and be like, hey, there's you can't get these anywhere else. So it would if you be didn't like the size the of DVD- a novel or something. I was going to say, yeah, yeah if you know. didn't get these when the DVDs came out, this is the only other place you can get it. Like, do you, I mean, well, this one didn't come with that, the DVD. No? I'm getting ahead of myself. But the one that we're talking about today, uh, it didn't come with the DVD. It was actually a little book that I bought at the comic book store. Oh. So people yeah. could buy this then? Uh, physically, not digitally. Right. Yes. But I mean, so this is not the same thing as the thing we did last week. No. Okay. The one that we did last week was a DVD insert. This one's an actual. I bought that at our oh, local comic book store. Shout out to Bedrock City. Okay. Yeah. So the one we talked about last week, you can't buy that anywhere. So if you want to read it, well, you, have you to can go do hunt down the DVD. And ah, you, can, you could hunt down the DVD and, and get okay. the little insert out Unless of someone's taken it out and then you've bought a used copy of where it's gone. And then you're like, hey, where's my thing? I, I know these aren't like in print anymore, but I mean, you could probably still find them if you really hunted and looked on eBay right. or something like that. There's always somebody selling something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Anyway. In any case. We also heard from Anung117. Anung117. They're a book club member. Yeah. Book club member. That's right. He said, uh, Rick Lacey, he do, he's doing the art duties on these Hellboy animated comics. He worked on Venture Brothers. Oh, wow. We talk about Venture Brothers a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. We even talked about, you did a good Monarch saying I don't, Phantom I don't know Limb. how good it was. It, it was, was pretty good. It was fun to do. <laughs> uh, we also heard from Christopher Egan. Hey, Christopher Egan. Book club member. Yeah. There are a few letterers that are credited along with the design group they work with. I see uh, Nate Picos and Clayton Callis do it every time. I know there's others, but I'm blanking. Picos is always listed as Blambot's Nate Picos or Nate Picos of Blambot. And Klaus is listed as VC Clayton Callis for virtual calligraphy. Cool. Not sure if that's something they choose to do or if it's a legal thing set up by these groups, like they're being rented out to the publishers. As a little prestige to their credit, I think. I had a brief online chat with Picos a few years ago when Umbrella Academy was coming back in. I reviewed the first issue. I thought about asking him about the credit, but it seemed too off topic. Huh. Nice. Yeah, we did talk about Nate Picos is always credited as Blambots. And then he's got like a whole website about lettering and, you know, books that he's done about but lettering. But Blambot is his brand. Yes. He invented it. Yes. So no one's making it. He's, it's clearly a case of he's like, hey, this would be a great way sure. to get my company's name out there. Right, right. I mean, I think that's great. It's yeah. super smart. I mean, that's that's awesome. It's great. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've talked about it a ton. That's Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, there you go. Exactly. We're still talking about it. So I think that's, yeah, I wouldn't miss an opportunity. If I went to a publisher and said, hey, can I put this as my credit? And they said, yeah, we don't care. Go for it. You can advertise your business inside of the thing we are selling. I'd be right. like, well, shit, yeah, I'm going to do that every time then. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We also heard from Jerry Turnbull. Jerry Turnbull. Book club member. Yeah, he said, uh, Danielle was asking, who has a copy? Everybody listening to the podcast. Uh, everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast has a copy. A physical, yes. a physical copy that they paid money for. Yes, of which course. Which we definitely encourage. All the book club members. Let's do it. Yeah. Although, if you borrowed someone's physical copy to read it, that's perfectly fine. So there you go. if you need to borrow a physical copy to read it, that's okay. We also heard from Mark Tweedale. Mark Tweedale. Book club member and sometimes co-host and awesome. He does all He's the chronology. Awesome. We yes. love him. He's Reading great. Order. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark Tweedale says, thank you for splicing in the papyrus clips. Every time I see that typeface, I take a deep breath and rewatch that video on YouTube. It helps to know I'm not the only person that finds this typeface frustrating. You're definitely far from the, anyone who has anything to do with fonts or design or anything. I've never heard anyone say a kind word about papyrus. It's usually similar rants to the thing that you're describing. So, yeah. In fact, with the thing we're about to read right now is covered in papyrus. And it's just God, so hard. I can't, every time I look at it, I'm like, how is this still happening? But yeah, well, I mean, so. this did come out in the early 2000s. So. It's still, it's still happening. <laughs> you can't escape it. You can't escape it. I see it all the time. And I'm just like, why? Papyrus! All right. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. This week, we're talking about Hellboy Animated The Black Wedding. This is a mini comic, little trade paperback that was published on January 31st, 2007. And it has two stories in it. We're going to be covering both of them. And the first one is The Black Wedding. Just like on Hellboy Animated Phantom Limbs, we've got Jeff Matsuda and Aaron Lucen on the cover duties as the art and colorist. So this is super tiny. Yeah. And uh, so last week we read a book that was also super tiny, and you told me that it was included as an insert in a DVD. Yeah. And so when you handed me this, I immediately was like, "What was this also? <laughs> Did it come in a DVD case? Because this is thick. This is like at least... A centimeter thick. Yeah. And I was like, wow, it must have been a big DVD case or like it must have been heavy. Like, how did they, how, how was that the DVD feasible? just I came mean, like in an envelope inside I was the say, book. How much did that DVD cost? <laughs> like that's, but no, this is, this was just for some reason sold separately as a very small, tiny size yeah. comic. It's they're kind small. of neat it's though. It's like a novel sized comic book. I like the, I like the feel of them though i like to hold right. them yeah it's kind of like wonder a what neat... that would they were like let's just make a tiny one yeah so i don't okay, know that's fine it's but interesting it's same, but it's also because what added to my confusion is, is it's the same the interiors are the same artist yes so i was like yeah. is this another dvd it can't be it's too it's too thick yeah it can't fit in a dvd <laughs> case anyway 
it kind of reminded me of um, shit when I was a kid. Uh, we used to get those Archie Digests, like in the smaller size. Oh yeah, the Archie, Archie Digest. What are you saying to me with Archie Digest? Yeah, they were yeah. like little trades. It was like collected from the newspaper. Oh, the comic Archie, and what? So yeah. Digest is that's that's just what they were a called. compilation of stories. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Aubrey. I remember those. It kind of harkens back to those. They were the same size. Yeah, that's cool. Very similar in size. Yeah. Oh, neat. That's that's pretty cool. And then it also kind of reminded me of like the Batman the animated series spinoff comic book. You know, this kind of feels like the Hellboy animated spinoff comic book. That I came see. Out. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's interesting you mentioned that. That's so cool. I, I did want to talk about this. Sorry, cover, I though. totally interrupted I, you while I, you were doing the credits. That, and that's okay. I do like the cover by Jeff Matsuda and Aaron Luce, and I think that it really looks like uh, the cartoon kind of like come to life. I like seeing the imagery like this. Abe looks like he's grown a little goatee here. <laughs> I like he the little like, the worms. He looks like alternate universe abe like like evil spock kind of see i just i just thought that was a shadow but now that you say goatee that's all i'm seeing i see yeah. clearly now that <laughs> yeah. it is supposed to be shading and that it's a shadow but like just at first glance i was like it's evil spock abe it is interesting that you mentioned batman the animated series because there's an introduction by tad stones where he says that 11 years prior he actually pitched to disney hellboy the animated series and it was right oh, after Bruce Tim had done Batman, oh, wow. and he was like, "Hey, there's a market for yeah. this. This is cool. This is something that wow. you could do with Kids the shadows like and the gothy noir." And he was stuff. he he pitched it as uh, X Files meets Batman the yeah, animated series. Absolutely, that's correct. Um, that's a good description. That would have been amazing. But he says because Gargoyles uh, had was out as well. Yeah, yeah. So like that was all a thing. I was gonna say they didn't do that, but they did Gargoyles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is like Gargoyles and Batman the animated. You would have this would have been a slam dunk. So. Um, oh yeah, they they kept telling him it wasn't the Simpsons. What? Wait, what do you Wait, wasn't what? the Simpsons? I don't get that. What does that mean? <laughs> the executives wanted the the next Simpsons. They weren't oh. looking for something like this. Wow, executives are the worst. And he said, and what like, he was we, also we saying, we would like to have another The Simpsons. And yeah. It's like, all right. And what he was saying is that if he had gotten it through, it would have ended up like Heck Boy. Yeah. Well, that would have been like bad that. and yeah. not good. So. But he got to work with Mignola when they pitched the Atlantis TV series. Yeah. Because um, they pitched the, a TV spinoff for that, and then that didn't work out either. I feel like, why wouldn't you just call it the BPRD? I guess that's not a good name for a right, children's yeah. cartoon. Kids would be like, not, what's that? Sure. But then later, after the movie came out, he got together with Guillermo del Toro to do this. And so he was like, it all came back all, around, yeah, you know what go. I mean? And so well, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, you that's know, nice. I like hearing that story. Yeah, that's um, interesting. These are new Heck missions. Boy. So he's, he basically says... Uh, so what are these comics? These are the tales of the world of Hellboy Animated, a universe whose general structure was laid out when Mike and I co-wrote the stories for the first two DVDs. The characters' relationships and major beats of Hellboy's life are the same here as those of the original, but the details have mutated. Hellboy has not been labeled the Beast of the Apocalypse yet. Professor Broom's alive. The BPRD headquarters is already in the mountain stronghold. And Lobster Johnson is... Maybe we'll leave some secrets to be discovered in animation. So um, mm. we'll talk about that later. I think when we get to the next cartoon, he says these are new missions for Hellboy, standalone adventures of the world's greatest paranormal investigator and his colleagues. Above all else, they're meant to be fun and perhaps come closest to the original animated X-Files pitch. Yeah, so pretty cool. And then this story, uh, it's written by Jim Pascoe. I talked about him last week. I don't know if I mentioned he also worked on Kim Possible. And oh, wow. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Art duties are by Rick Lacey. We mentioned earlier he worked on Venture Brothers. So I think that's pretty cool. Colors are by Dan Jackson. He's a freelance comic book colorist and digital production artist. And he's done a lot of work for various Dark Horse titles. And letters by Blambot's Nate Pikos. We open in Bois de Boulogne in Paris. This is a large public park along the western edge of the 16th arrondissimo of Paris. The land was ceded to the city of Paris by the Emperor Napoleon III to be turned into a public park in 1852. So I do like this interaction uh, to start it off. It's very humorous where Hellboy's like, are you sure these are the guys? And he's like, yes, you won't listen to me. They took my cat. And they're like these werewolves in tuxedos. <laughs> there are some werewolves in tuxedos and they look great. They look fantastic. Very handsome. They are dressed to the nines. They sure are. In a lot of the From the Vault sketchbooks and the artist editions, uh, Mignola draws dapper werewolves yeah, a lot. So uh, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw these guys. I love that. I wonder if that's just like a little nod to his yeah. handsome werewolf sketches. Yeah. 
He likes to draw a lot of uh, like weird guys in tight. Like he did a whole series of birds, fancy yeah. fancy clothing to birds. I like the vegetable heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love the vegetable yeah. ones myself. Yeah. Those are good. <laughs> so one of the werewolves, he tells Hellboy that they don't want any trouble. They're just trying to get to the goat stone. And the guy's like, "That's what my cat said, goat stone." In this in this panel where the the guy say that's that goat stone thing, he kind of looks like a Mignola parody. Oh, okay. oh right, yeah. That but that's the way Mignola looks now. He didn't really look he like didn't that look then, like that back but then. now he does look like. That's interesting, <laughs> that's Aubrey. Funny. I love that. Good job. I there. also am imagining uh, these wolves all have French accents. Oh yeah, <laughs> they all their native tongue is French. And uh, they speak French, but they're speaking English right here, so they have French accents. Um, <laughs> I thought it was interesting that uh, awesome. Hellboy's like, well, if you're not going to be reasonable, but isn't he the one that's tr- kind of being unreasonable? Because yeah, they're like, we're just is. trying to go to some place. Yes. And then he punches right. this one, the other one's run away. Very rude. Just punch a guy. So, I mean, uh, it's just punch a guy. Obviously, they're dressed to party, not to, not to kill. Exactly. Yes. Well... They are dressed to kill. Oh, no. yeah. Just punch, oh, a, yeah. <laughs> just punch a couple guy at the Bois de Boulogne. Yes. Rude. Absolutely pas. So the werewolf leaps over Hellboy and he makes his escape. And Hellboy's got this psychic partner with him. Um, I think his name is Ekton. He wants to find out where those wolves were going. But Hellboy wants to talk to this guy, Goulet. Goulet. So over on the right bank, we see Liz and Kate... Could he be Terry Pratchett? Oh, okay. Because yeah. he looks an awful lot like Terry Pratchett, like with the hat and the glasses and the beard. I mean, I'm going to say that this guy's a Terry Pratchett fan. Yeah. And he likes Terry Good Pratchett. Good catch there. He might be Terry Pratchett. That would go along with the comics they always draw. Yeah. Like, it's Peter Cushing or, yes. you know, it's yeah. this guy. In this scene with Liz and Kate, Kate says, special Sabbath night, a witch of the woods will light a candle and the flame will turn cold and blue. There's always like this weird overlap with like the black flame stuff. Like, sure. you know, like there's like the a, yeah. whether they intentionally did or not. And I think even in the weird tales, they talk about yeah. stuff like that. So I, I just think it's interesting how there are these hints of, you know, they could possibly go further. Liz's beret is back. Her jaunty oh, beret. Right. Yeah. I mean, are they in France as well? Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, yeah. Kate says, then Akira John will rise from the world of death to give the witch unlimited power. Kate also mentions the witch's name is Alexisa. Okay. I thought that was an interesting name there. She's making her move somewhere called the Goat Stone. That we've already seen that mentioned. And then we also see someone in a hood watching them. Yeah. <laughs> kind of looks like a Scooby-Doo uh, Yeah, it looks like person, a Scooby-Doo right? guy. <laughs> yeah. Sure does. Sure does. <laughs> and so Liz notices this guy. And they run off. Notices uh, old Farmer Jones or whoever. (laughs) Back with Hellboy, Ekton, and Goulet, they talk. Goulet says that his cat jumped up in his bed and said, I have been called. I must go soon. Jeez. Goulet says, I lived here a long, long time, but I've never seen nothing like these things walking past my place like they were on their way to something. While they're talking, Hellboy's like doing some snooping around and he finds witch's pine in the cat's bed. Mm. I forgot to look for that. Is that an actual thing? Will you look for that? I mean, witches aren't evil or bad, so none of this is a thing. But yes, I'll Google it. I just see pine cones. Okay. So anyway, but Hellboy, he understands this to mean something. Hellboy says the cat is the witch's familiar, and he asks if anything else is missing. Goulet says he had a pair of iron rings that were in the family for ages. He didn't really know what they were for, but he can't find them. Um, iron has been another yeah. thing that has been like, remember he burned Grugak with the yeah. uh, iron uh, horseshoe that. or whatever. Seems so long ago. <laughs> Hellboy says Broom was right. Alexisa is involved. That's not how you spell Broom's name. They abbreviate it like that. Do they abbreviate that? Is that the abbreviation? Yeah, yeah. Let's hope he was right about the catacombs. That's where he sent Abe. Oh, jeez. Well, you can't you can't go to Paris without having a spooky time in the catacombs, right? Yeah, and the catacombs were also <laughs> mentioned in Rasputin, the voice of the dragon. Remember, they had an awesome fight scene and a whole thing down there where they found, like, ancient Egyptian thing or whatever. It was pretty cool. Yeah. You can't be in the BPRD in Paris and not have something going down in the catacombs. Yeah. That's got to be. Right. <laughs> That's going to be a hot spot for them. I like how Rick Lacey actually drew the uh, little shapes they put. <laughs> they put the skulls and stuff into shapes down there. It's it's pretty interesting. And so yeah. he's included that in there. There's a little cross there. 
Oh, right. Yeah. And they are green. There is a section where they are kind of like green. The lighting colored, is yeah. very like that, too. Yeah. So it's very cool. Um, and so Abe, Scooby-Doo guys down he here. sees more of those hooded guys, like the ones that were following Kate and Liz. And the three open some sort of crypt and they pull out this black wedding dress. Uh, he says, behold, the black wedding dress spun from the silk of spiders. It has survived many generations waiting for the worthy bride to be found for Akira John. Alexisa will be pleased. We have gathered everything. Let us return to her and the stone. And so they take off with that. So Abe goes to go check it out. They mentioned it was like spun by the spider's silk. And then, of course, what's in there? It's a giant black widow spider. Wait, like all giant. Doesn't (laughs) natural silk come from insects anyway? That wouldn't be much worse or different that it's like, ooh, spider silk. How creepy. But it's kind of like. It's from silk is from bugs anyway. No, well, it's a. It's not well, creepy. It's, it's a, from silk. It's from silkworms. These from, are. Uh, this is like from a giant black widow spider. Yeah, so that's this where is the like it's it's in. a it's a chance to have a spider monster. I can't I, find myself caring about where like which type of bug it would come. From. Yeah, there's been. I'd be yeah. like, cool. That's a selling point. It's from a giant spider. I will buy that. I'll pay I, twice as much for it. I just feel like there have been a lot of uh, when we read Hellboy: The Lost Army, there was a giant spider. We're really in there. down on spiders. And then there was like another thing that we oh in the Sword of Storms there were giant spiders. If I were that spider, I'd be like, hey, that's rude. <laughs> Get out of here. You're in my house. Lots of giant spiders. I made this cloak. It took me a long time. Get out of here. Stealing from me and shooting at me? Get out of here. I like, this, uh, I like this action beat with Abe, and I thought it was interesting because kind of like a cartoon, they don't show the actual action. Abe gets pulled into the thing, then we hear right, a slice, yeah. then Abe comes out with the knife. Yeah. We don't actually see like the gross thing, but we get another gross thing later, which is, anyway, right. I just think it's interesting how they uh, yeah. they do that. I'm going gonna, gonna to imagine that the spider's legs were tangled up and he sliced the cord apart and helped the spider and the spider said thank you sir he said, bye bye <laughs> and went about the spider went about their day yeah yeah and he calls into he calls Aubrey, into Aubrey's like I'm not buying it I don't think that's what happened yeah no but I, I love Abe's like really old school cell phone oh shit I've t- yeah, yeah, you're great. right that's wow. fantastic is that like a Nokia it's really good is it Nokia or, or Nokia? Motorola. Nokia. Okay. Well, I like it. It's a big chunky yeah. boy. I like this. I think I had one like that back in the day. Really? I had one of those bricks. I had the gray brick. Yeah, yeah. I missed Ooh. that phone. That yeah, was a I had good one of those phone. too. Abe calls into Hellboy. He says, if you can read this, it looks like I found them. Back with Kate and Liz. They make it over to Bolet's bookshop. So they go there to kind of read up about this whole thing. I love a French bookshop. When he meets Liz, he says, you have the power of fire, we. Jeez. And she's like, how did you know? And he's like, when you've been around books for as long as I have, uh, you can sense any possible no, threats. No, no. Fire I, and paper don't mix. No, I own a bookstore. Therefore, I can detect whether or not you've got yeah. magical fire powers. <laughs> I don't think so. There's something else going on with this guy. That's ridiculous. He says, uh... I did not mean to assume bad intentions. I trust you have control over your powers, yes? And she's like, I'm much better than I used to be. So anyway, he's already got these books pulled for Kate. He tells her they're correct. The Witch of the Woods will light her candle tonight. Akira John is almost here. Just what we need, another crackpot summoning a demon, Liz says. And he's like, Alexa is no Alexisa is no cracked pot. I thought that was a funny line. <laughs> that's, that, that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. And this ceremony is much more than a simple summoning. It's a black wedding. So well, this guy already knows yeah, too much. Yeah, we right? didn't have to wait long to figure out what the hell is wrong with this guy. Something um, weird's going on with this guy. But I do like this little mood panel. That reminds me of like, that's yeah. how they would do a cartoon version of a Mignola beat. Is like, you just cut to yeah, one little sure. beat of just this candle with the skull and Absolutely. whatever. I like that. Back with Hellboy and Ecton. Ecton tells Hellboy that his senses are telling him they should be on the right bank. Then Hellboy's like, ah, oh, I love proving a psychic wrong. Take a look. It's <laughs> good stuff. It's... A gargoyle mood shot here, too. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's another one. <laughs> I like that. And that's the shadows of those two vampire ladies. Jeez. So um that's what he sees over there hellboy plans to use them to crash the wedding abe called around the 14th arondissimo i would not be surprised if you told me that the artist used a cat as a reference yeah for this 
It's really interesting. Here. Yeah. I like it's like when a cat is upset at you. Rick Lacey, he has some <laughs> really cool stuff on here. Ecton says he thinks it's a trap. He also says, I wish I could talk to that cat. I sense his story isn't over. I had a cat too, you know. His name was Frady. Get it, Frady cat? He ran away just like Rene Goulet's cat. How can a psychic lose a cat? You're a real piece of work, Hellboy Jeez. responds. I don't know, Hellboy, <laughs> Ecton says. Maybe the cat wanted to be lost. And Hellboy's like, whatever, I think we found our goatstone. Where else would a witch have a black wedding? The cemetery. <laughs> All right. We know Mignola loves the cemetery, right? So obviously they're going to oh, yeah. put the scene here. I like their little leathery bat wings. Yeah. In yeah, this whole page is kind of cool. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. The little detail on the tombstone. Inside the mausoleum, we see the witch Alexisa and those hooded figures the witch orders them to inscribe the goat stone, get her candle, and meet with her familiar. We know that's the cat already. Mm. He has the last piece needed for this ceremony. These little henchmen, they kind of reminded me of like troll dolls. Like yeah. they have this orange like hair yeah. that sticks up. Oh, and then the witch, I think that she's got an interesting design. She looks like a cartoon witch. You know, she's got like the green eyes and the green cloak. I don't appreciate all these stereotypes. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I do like this page of them putting all the ceremony stuff together. This is where I'm like, okay, this is not a kid's cartoon, no, right? No, <laughs> this is. But this is like, the, well, I mean, this is the goat stone thing, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, definitely not a kid's cartoon, but it's definitely something that could play on like um, Adult Swim or something like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Sure, absolutely. I don't even think it's as bad as all that. I mean, you could get away with doing this now. Yeah, you're right. These days. Um, this bottom panel is pretty epic as the goat stone skull whatever lights up get the blue flame going yeah we see that the witch is summoning the bridegroom right we see his eyes in this like tornado thing something's coming out praise the flame she says and it's like this blue flame which again mm -hmm. makes me think of the black flame um the shock tea all that kind of stuff that we've talked about in the previous mythology you know what they should do what's that she killed the black flame yes <laughs> they should always do that <laughs> kill him. i like that we get kate in this story yeah, that is cool. I like that. In the Phantom Limbs, it was just Hellboy and Liz, right? Yeah, so we yeah, get a more cool. rounded yeah. BPRD crew. You know, we've got the A and the B story going on. You know, I like that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Back with Kate, Liz, and Boulay. Kate theorizes on the Black Wedding. The witch must need something. She's been too obvious, and it's starting to feel like a trap. And Boulay, he's getting all nervous. He's, like, sweating and wiping away and all that. He well, says, I don't understand how they don't get that this right, guy yeah. is no good like it's like oh you're acting weird what's going on yeah they're not i mean i don't understand this <laughs> they're not dumb right. people by any means we've seen them do this a thousand times you think they'd immediately be like oh so you're the guy are you all well, right let's go well you know? but but let's think about this kate has been lured into a thing for by a famous book yeah, you'd think she would be on her toes. <laughs> you'd think she would look at this guy and be like, no, I don't know about But it's you. like the comic version would kind of fall for this and would also the cartoon version also does All right. too. Uh, it's a, I, it's a, it it's just seems trope. so <laughs> jinkies. Like, you know, it's very, uh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Kate says maybe they need to think about this demon she's married. What does he want? Boulay says sometimes rituals require sacrifice. And then Liz spots one of these henchmen. So, but I like the pacing on this because if you look at it, start at the top of the page, you see Liz sees yeah, the viewer. Good. Then she pulls out her gun and then she approaches by the bottom panel. So then when you turn it, she's got her, but the it like, there. it follows this whole thing silently while Kate is talking to Boulay. It's good pacing. I kind of like that. And I like that Liz is more of the agent. You know what I mean? She's like almost like Kate's guard right. or something like that in this scene yeah, yeah i don't no. know it's it, interesting it works well it works well yeah. liz pulls her gun on the hooded guy and kate notices how strange boulet is acting he says i'm sorry kate you push too hard liz asks the hooded guy why he's following them she pulls off the mask <laughs> just like scooby-doo but instead yeah. of old man withers <laughs> it's the cat it's the witch's familiar right if this were an animated show and i were in charge of any part of it i would absolutely insist that the cat speak in french and there be subtitles for oh, yeah. what the cat says. <laughs> you will come with us, it tells Liz. And so we see those henchmen. They're like, ah, thank you for taking care of our prize. Now, Miss Sherman, please listen to the cat. For The time for waiting is over. And Boulay takes Kate, too. She's like, you traitor, I trusted you. Why? Why would you trust that man? What are you talking about? <laughs> what? <laughs> Back with the witch, Alexisa. 
So I thought this was interesting. Uh, she's talking to the Akira John spirit that she's summoning. He says, does the goddess of the crossroads know of this? Yeah, you making a bold move without approval from the queen of witches. Right. So I don't know about this shit. Even though they haven't so. uh, mentioned Hecate or the comet, you know, there's all these like loose yeah, links. These little, yeah. You know, the black flame. Illusions. And now they mention this. Yeah. So kind of like that. She's like, she hasn't been answering my texts or my phone calls. Yeah. She says it's time for a new queen. And he's like, okay, I have turned the flame blue. Give unto me my third horn. And so the third horn is the candle. It's on the it's it's on the goat yeah, skull. It so it's thing. kind of interesting, you know. There's like kind of like that symbolism. She says, uh, "I think you'll be very happy with the girl we've chosen for you." I had better be, and we reveal in hell or whatever. There's that Akira John. This guy's got his spats on. He's ready for his wedding. He's ready to get married. He's ready to like yeah. <laughs> for however many times he's been married, I guess he's been married quite a quite a bit. Yeah, he's like. I mean, anyone can do this ceremony, right? So it's kind of like, how often does this guy get married? The little cuff I thought was an interesting touch. I kind of like that. That's a little interesting. Um, Pretty cool. These are their wedding colors. Like they have like a teal thing going on or whatever. You know what I mean, right? This blue. It's a blue because he he likes a blue flame. He likes a blue cuff. He likes a blue cravat. There you go. All the. Is it a bow tie? What is it? I can't. All the groomsmen have like a blue yeah, a tie blue. Yeah. or something or like a... Absolutely. <laughs> it definitely looks like a bow tie. Okay, yeah, I think it might be. As Hellboy and Ecton walk through the cemetery, Ecton notices a statue and he approaches it. This one has seen something, he says. <laughs> what? And uh, so I thought this was kind of interesting. You know, he puts a blindfold on the statue and he covers its mouth and then the statue speaks through him, which was... I thought that was kind of neat. I don't know if I've seen that before. It's creeping me out. Yeah, it is. It is kind of creepy, but it's like also it. a neat effect no, for like cool a there. psychic power because usually a psychic power is just like it's yeah. totally pointless. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> here it's like um, in in this moment he's able to serve like a pretty cool function. That would creep me out. Like if that was in a movie, I would be creeped out. Yeah. So that's 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 pretty interesting. Fools, you seek the goat stone, yet you know nothing. The goat stone is not located on this earth. It has gone by many names. The goat's metal. Fiddler's Green, Eden. It is the beginning and the end. I did find something for Goat's Meadow. It said, uh, Goat's Meadow notoriety comes primarily from the winter and its reputation as a family-friendly snow play area. However, beyond the nearby hills that make for exciting sledding trails lies a vast network of trails throughout this corner of the Sierra Nevada. So Goat's Meadow is like a place where like little kids go play in the snow and stuff like that. Okay. And they like flop around or whatever and people take pictures of them so fiddler's green it is an afterlife where there is perpetual mirth a fiddle that never stops playing and dancers who never tire in 19th century english maritime folklore it was a kind of afterlife for sailors who served at least 50 years at sea fiddler's green appears in frederick marriott's novel the dog fiend or snarl yell published in 1856 as lyrics to a sailor's song that's right, gang. Oh, sea shanty man. times are back. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been a while since we had a sea shanty. Oh, yeah. Geez. I found a great version of Fiddler's Green by Xmouth Shantyman. <laughs> so I'm going to clip that into this episode. It feels so good to be talking about sea shanties again, guys. <laughs> you know, I love it. Well, Fiddler's Green is a place I've heard tell where fishermen go. If they don't go to hell Where the weather is fair And the dolphins all polite And the cold coast of Greenland Is far, far away Dress me up in me skins and jumper No more on the docks I'll be seen Just tell me, old shipmates I'm taking a trip, mates and I'll see you someday on Fearless Green. So, but, so these are all things, you goat meadow, little kids flop around and it's fun. Fiddler's Green, heaven for sailors. Uh, Eden, you know, yeah, I think yeah. we're most of us are probably familiar with sure. what that's referencing. And so it's like, uh, these are all seem like allusions to things that are known as pleasant yeah. places to be. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. 
You do not find the stone, it finds you. Either way, you are too late. The guests have all arrived. The black wedding dress will soon take hold of the bride. Welcome to my wedding. And here the statue kind of takes off in the air and then it crashes down. I thought that was pretty cool. It's like this giant stone thing and it breaks through the ground. Hellboy and Ecton fall through. These little... They do like they do look like little troll dolls. <laughs> the orange tro- troll doll henchmen. No, they do. I like it. Yeah, Liz is like, uh, take one more step and you'll be in flames. You were warned, but then her fire goes out, and they're like, uh, Alexisa has taught us the great control. That's not good. So, but it makes it also goes along because we know that like it's connected to the Vril, and maybe they have Vril powers too. Or that something. seems like anyway, a lot anyway. of power to have yeah. over someone to completely take away her pyrokinesis and control it that's uh, that's pretty scary and then so we hear this guy boulet he's like they promised to spare my books and he's kate's like ah damn you boulet you can't trust witches there's kind of this explosion or something they don't burn the books but we see all the bookshelves have fallen over and kate and boulet have been knocked out after falling through the ground in the cemetery hellboy and acton find themselves with abe and he tells them that the witch has taken liz and Acton's like, I knew I was right. We were supposed to be on the right bank. And Hellboy's like, that's the problem with psychics. The useful details are always too late. And it's like, <laughs> no, he told you. I mean, <laughs> what? That's not. But I thought it was interesting, too, because he said the same thing in The Lost Army. Okay. Like almost the same line, huh. which is interesting. I wonder if that's just a common line or anyway. I find it very convenient that they fell through a hole and Abe just happened to be Oh, right. right yes, that is the kind of thing that would happen. Well, they were heading I in mean, that direction. Remember, he was like, Abe said they were going to be there. They were heading in that direction, then they fell through the ground. So, I don't know. Maybe they were close enough. I mean, that's just the kind of thing you find in like an animated show. Like, it just yeah. happens so easily. <laughs> they got to they gotta have everybody meeting up. So, it's just kind of like, ah, glad, glad you finally made it. You know, a little quip about, I'm already here. Here I am yeah. in the same place you are. Let's go do a thing now. Um, over with the witch Alexisa um, she taunts Liz telling her that she's paralyzed by her own fear and that she's afraid of her own power she commands Liz, Liz to unleash her fire oh my gosh she goes I'll burn this whole place down <laughs> it's good stuff yes you will the witch says the goat lord would not come unless a life was given up to him and you know how the dark ones are they do love a ritual I have something to show you. We see the cat there, too, the familiar. She shows her the iron corset. Uh, uh. But that's what those iron rings were for. Something Lady Gaga would wear. Am I right? right? Am I right, oh my you guys? God, yes. <laughs> um, I like her. She's fine. It can only be opened with Goulet's iron rings. So uh, they were crafted by Marquis de Goulet over 200 years ago. So, like, that guy is great. And they'd been in the family for years. Remember, he mentioned that. So, like, that all ties together. That's why the cat wanted to be his pet, or that's sure, why the familiar right. took over his pet right. was to get these things. So that's kind of uh, how their little plan worked out. So now that they have the rings, they can use the iron corset. But first we need blood. She says, your Hellboy has come. He will serve nicely as beginning blood. It is time for your fitting. Absolutely. pas. <laughs> Absolutely. pas. Over with Hellboy, Abe, and Ecton, they observe the underground crypt. And uh, I like all the little, the chandelier right there with the skulls I on do it. Like that's a that. nice touch, you yeah, know. That's yeah, that's good. They see a painting of the witch. And uh, he's like, oh, that's the same one as a statue earlier. Hellboy says, I liked her better as a statue. All <laughs> <laughs> those little quips. Yeah. Ecton points their attention to a giant bell. A wedding bell, Abe says. He because... says, yeah, that's a big bell. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's his contribution yeah. to the conversation. Abe says, it's a wedding bell because it's made of silver. No, no, no. He goes, how do you figure? He says, for one, it's made of silver, as though it's supposed to mean anything. Other than that, I am just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, but I, of course, I did have to look into wedding bells. Right. I found this article on brides.com. Everything you know about wedding bells. Oh, man. Oh, man. The Don't tell me brides.com. This is going to be bad. The ringing. No, it's actually quite informative. Oh, okay. 
The ringing of bells at weddings is a tradition that can be traced back to Celtic lands, such as Scotland, where it was believed that the ringing of church bells would ward off evil spirits mm. as well as grant wishes. Mm. Bells were first rung in the churches of Scotland to announce the newlyweds. The ringing of bells was also used as a way to spread the news across long distances. So bells after a wedding let the whole area know that the couple was now happily married. Irish weddings will often see the groom and bride receiving a bell as a wedding gift. Oh, okay. That's like a tradition over That's there. Cool. What, does it specifically say that they have to be made of silver? No, and that was the thing that I was looking for. Now, it is silver, common. Silver is it such is, a soft metal. Why would there be a gigantic bell yeah. made entirely of silver? So it, it is common for them to be made of silver or gold. Really? But it's just kind of like um, as like a little thing or whatever. Yeah, like a tiny little gift. Yeah, not like a giant. A giant... But I couldn't find a significance for silver, but we know that like, I don't know, that silver is associated with like vampires and werewolves of... and stuff like that. And Well, there's actually a lot of ma magical associations with it beyond that as well. So it's kind of, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, how does Abe know the whole thing is made out of silver? How you do, how do you think? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's not just like silver plated, you know? Does right, he have like, yeah. a, like a magical silver detection thing in his suction cup hands? I didn't see no forensic evidence there. Uh, right, yeah. As they're examining the bell, 700 years ago, a witch of the woods caught sight of the new moon through the branches of a dead tree. A vision spoke to her, told her to cast this bell by mixing the blood of the village's youngest bride with the molten silver. I wonder how much blood would have to be in right, there before yeah. it messes up what you're trying to the do. The ratio, right? Or would it like just burn away? Oh, yeah, yeah. It would probably just burn away right. because of the melting point of silver. Right, exactly. Would it kind of flash point of uh, blood? Right, exactly. <laughs> I wonder if it would like blacken it at all and make it look weird and not good. Or sure. it, would that disrupt the... Probably wouldn't disrupt it too much. It'd probably just, like you said, Aubrey, probably just like kind of dissipate and burn away. And... I mean, it'd, it'd probably just like be the impurities that settle on top that you scoop out. Oh, there you yeah. go. Well, if look, are you a silversmith? You know, get, send us a hey, you damn guys. And <laughs> tell us what happens that... when you mix virgin bride blood win with your silver. It absolutely <laughs> would do nothing. Probably. I wonder if, you know, obviously this is just something that's like, it's a magical thing. Like when yeah. one drop of the blood hits the molten silver, then a spell happens. Yeah. That's not, no. Oh, so we reveal that it's that Akira Jean, he's the one that's uh, reciting this. He says, since then, only the spilling of blood will make it ring. Luckily for the bell, it has guardians that are very good at spilling blood. And so Hellboy looks around. He realizes, ah, all those monstrous wedding guests, I found them. And so that's where those wolves were going. They were trying to get <laughs> to the wedding. I think that's so the funny. <laughs> they were like, I mean, that's why they're all in tuxes. Super cute. They were like, God damn it. We're going to be late now. Be they're late like this fucking wedding. They're in the back somewhere. They're like, man, we didn't even get good seating. <laughs> man, looking at this candle on this goat's head is just cracking me up. Oh, yeah. With you. <laughs> oh, man. That's his third horn, Aubrey. Sure it is. <laughs> There's a guy in the back like, I didn't even get any of the bride's blood. <laughs> Akira John says, you found so much more, Hellboy. Now, if you will do me the honor of bleeding, I can begin my wedding. These giant maggots emerge from the oh. ground, and they start attacking Abe and Ecton. I like this uh, this word bubble here. This, uh, whoa. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that is definitely the sound you'd make if one of those jumped on I you. I know. Whoa. They call them bell worms. Oh, okay. Hellboy hears the bride in the black wedding dress call to him. This is a pretty cool panel. I like this. Oh, agree. This is a great panel. Abe is too overcome by the bell worms to get a clear shot, and suddenly they overtake Agent Ecton. And so he's like, oh, there's too many, and then one bursts through his chest. I don't like that. That's pretty messed up. Like, they couldn't show Abe cutting the spider, but then they show this, which I thought was, like, yeah, a lot. It's a lot. Like, it's wow. a lot. It's a lot. Well, maybe their quota was, like, you can only get one yeah. super gross thing yeah, yeah. per episode. <laughs> well, you know, like, if this were, like, on uh, They were, like, like uh, we got to get a, like that. We got to get an H.R. Geiger alien <laughs> bursting out of the chest moment or something. Well, then on the next oh, yeah. page, there's just a dead man, a corpse of a man. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of, like, I found that to be a bit much that was to me that was very like yeah. disturbing just to see a, a man's dead face like a corpse of a guy here that was also very right. these two yeah. pages are like a lot but so the akira john he's like oh we have our sacrifice now so now the bell worms they can ring the bell and so as he's dying ecton says find the cat bring him back to renee 
and then there's a bong. We talked about that last week. There's a lot of bongs in the Hellboy comics, so that kind of goes there along. There sure with are, this. buddy. <laughs> Over with Kate. The good guys aren't the only ones with a casualty. Boulet has been crushed by his own books. Yeah. There's another dead guy it's just gross. like lying there. Look yeah, at it. I don't like that. It's midnight. The ceremony is about to begin. This frog guy. <laughs> yeah, I love the juxtaposition of this scene because like uh, they're trying frog. to start. They're trying to start the wedding, and so there's this like friends we gather on the special night. But then in the background, there's like Hellboy fighting a frog in a tuxedo. It's good. That's awesome. Love it. All the monsters on this bottom panel. There's like a snake. Okay. There's a giant snake head or something like that. I really like that. It's yeah. really good. There's the mummy. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's That's A, awesome. the mummy. Yeah. Hellboy also notices the portrait of the witch that we saw earlier. Is this and... a Dorian Gray situation? Yeah, now it's getting younger, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This? What's Picture happening right now? Gray, yeah. <laughs> While fighting off monsters, Hellboy sees a woman in the iron corset. Liz, he yells, but then it's actually that witch, Alexis. Uh... There's a bird yelling at him. Oh, that's so funny. Yes, I thought that panel was great. The snake makes another appearance yes. down here on this next panel. Well, it's also right when the when the bird is yelling at him, the snake's wrapped yeah. around him. Oh, right. Yes, really yeah. good. So if uh, Alexis is in the iron corset, then that must mean it's Liz in the black wedding dress. We reveal that she is being controlled or something, right? So what do you think of this wedding dress here? I like the- it. I like it. I think it's good. Pretty good design on there, yeah. It looks good. It's nice. It goes along with the motif, right? With the color scheme that they're going for with their whole thing. I like that. Like It's like a wizard's robe more than anything. Abe recognizes that the portrait is part of the circle of transference. If the old woman dies, so does Liz. And Liz, while being all possessed, says, Men of the world have tortured us, burned us, and I will make... Now I will make you all burn. I will burn it all. I think they hung more witches than they burned. And we get this huge reveal. Like the burn whole down the Eiffel burning. Tower. Yeah, the Eiffel Tower. Because they're in Paris. Anyway, I thought that was pretty awesome. Nice little splash page there by Rick Lacey and Dan Jackson. Well, it's kind of interesting, though. Also, in the end, Liz did burn the whole world. That is true. She did. Well, that's did. what I was going to mention. We, yeah. We're going to get to this scene here. She um, definitely did. Hellboy intervenes between Liz and Akira John. He punches that devil... And I like when he grabs the candle, he's just like, give me that. Yeah. Like whenever anyone says, give me that or whatever, it's I good. just think yeah. that's so funny. Like I can give hear the, yeah. I can hear the delivery and all of that. And that like breaks he's the whole annoyed. thing. He's just annoyed. Yeah. So party's annoyed. Over. So we get this scene, right? When he pulls it off, then he's like in this white area right. with Liz and she's still a little girl and she's like, I'm scared. She says, what if I hurt somebody? What if I can't control myself? What if I burn up the whole world? And so, yeah, that's exactly what happens, Aubrey, you know what I mean? And so I thought that was uh, telling, you know, in terms of uh, what happens in uh, King of Fear and then what also happens in um, Devil You Know or uh, what was it called? Ragnarok. Pretty interesting how that is incorporated in there. Hellboy convinces her that it's the witch's poisoning. He says, I believe in you. Start small. Light this one candle. Prove to yourself that you can do it like I know you can. And so she does, and I love this uh, reveal of her eye, you know, as she, like, snaps out of it. Now she's all pissed at the witch. and yeah, burn um, this whole place down. She's like, I know where to stop. So she's like, I can burn this shit and not, like, do the whole world or whatever. All the wedding guests are, like, running like, oh, out shit. of there and everything. <laughs> I mean, they were just there for a wedding. I not like to think those guys made it out and that they went down the street. At a pub yeah. to have a drink. And they're like, man, what was that? <laughs> what was that about? What's her problem? I brought a gift and everything. I rented a tuxedo for this. Hey, can I get a ride home? I mean, I just, you know, I I think I'm going to lose my deposit on this rented tux. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> as, uh, the, as the fire is burning everything up, we see that the portrait goes back to the old lady. Akira John, pretty pissed that his wedding party was totally ruined. He tells Alexis that she's not suited to be the new queen of witches. I, I, when I was reading this, for I, for I read this. You're not suited to be the new queen, you simple bitch. <laughs> That's clearly not what it says, but you know, I had to read it twice. Yes. I was like, what? What did he say? And she's like, you it's can harsh. Ta-. She says, you can take me. And he's like, I already have you. I need another. You have teased me and I cannot return below unsated. So he grabs the familiar and he pulls the demon out of the cat. 
Right. And he takes that. And I love the little animation of that. Of the demon coming yeah, out yeah, of the Yeah, the cat. little familiar whatever that he grabs. It's kind of like, oh, no. There's, it's a lot of action <laughs> happening, and it's just a lot of rigmarole. And then, like, he disappears, and this is cat. Yeah. You know, this is a very, <laughs> it's a good beat. It's a good comical beat. It's cute. And the witch is burned to a crisp. Mm. Liz is immediately like, I got to get out of this, yeah. this weird, like, dress. Yeah. I got to get out of here. And Abe says that he talked to Kate. She's okay at the bookshop. And Hellboy says, can you take care of Agent Ekton? I'll take care of the other stuff. And so we cut over to Goulet's place. The cat is there and Hellboy's left a little note with the iron rings. Your cat's better now. Take good care of him. Wouldn't you take the rings to the BPRD and put them in a little file? Sure, I guess. Yeah. You would have those in a little little file. You wouldn't leave those with the guy. But it also says, and try not to loose those rings. Yeah. Should it say lose? Yeah, but maybe Hellboy's not good at spelling. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> damn. Yeah, but you're right. I didn't even think of that. Maybe they should take those rings with them. You know what? Take those with you. Those are powerful, magical yeah. artifacts. You just had a whole thing happen. Yeah, yeah. Because someone got those. You sure you don't want to take right. those with you? Nah, they'll be fine. <laughs> we get this great pinup. Uh, here's Mignola and Dave Stewart's version of the Black Bride or whatever, the Black Wedding Dress. Oh, this page is so good. That's pretty cool. I like that. I have been so excited to get to this. Like, I'm so excited. Oh, nice. Yes, we're going to get to the second story. This is uh, Pyramid of Death. Pyramid of Death. Oh, nice. You yes. say it right. Um, this story is by Tad Stones. Art by Fabio Laguna. He's a comic book and children's book illustrator who's worked for Disney, DreamWorks, NBC Universal, Illumination, Warner Brothers, Mattel, Random House Kids, DC Comics, and Paramount. I really like this art style. Yeah, really it's very like cartoony. It. Yeah. yeah, I can totally see this. The colors yeah. are excellent as well. Colors by Michelle Madsen. Yeah. And letters by Blambot's Nate Pikos. Nice. The innocent dream of the future, unaware that that future is in peril. We have the uranium. <laughs> Just a guy <laughs> in a fucking mummy mask yelling, we have the uranium. I'm in. Not just a guy. The Crimson Pharaoh. The Crimson oh, Pharaoh yeah. threatens the city with burning atomic death. I'm in. Yes. I'm so in. You've hooked me. I'm immediately. This is great. He says uh, the mayor will have to pay up or they're going to use the pyramid bomb to reduce the city to glowing ash. The mayor. Some... Yeah. That's, that's the stakes. <laughs> Those are the stakes that we're at. The mayor. And they also have like a reporter there. Lobster Johnson is always saving a reporter. Yeah. yeah so in the Lobster comics, you have Cindy Tynan. Ah. She's always, you know, she commonly gets captured by the bad guys and Lobster has to intervene. So here they have a reporter, Miss Hardman. She's like, the lobster is going to get you. I love this guy's design. The character design of this guy is so great. The thug slaps Miss Hardman. And the Crimson, what is his name? The Crimson Pharaoh says, careful, that's our insurance against the meddling lobster. I love all his gestures. He's got the, he's like, in the first time we see him, he's like raising his hand up. And then the second time we see him, he's got the like, his, you know, his fingers are very. Yeah, almost like the Mr. Burns or whatever. But there's no escape from the judgment of the lobster. I've come to inflict justice. Come the lobster comes justice. crashing Damn, through. Just crashing through the window. I love this version of the lobster. Looks God. so good. Oh, looks so great. That is how the cartoon version would look. Looks so good. I love it. And when he shoots the bad guys, he shoots them in their hands. Yes. Uh, he shoots the guns out of their hands, which I thought was interesting. It's Doesn't not like shoot a the lethal. guns out of their hands. Shoots yeah. through their hands. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's good stuff. And we also see him burning <laughs> oh, one of shit. them. Feel the harsher justice of the lobster's claw. I love the chaos of him crashing through this window. That's yeah. such a good panel. It's so great. It's so funny. But in the chaos, the pharaoh and his pyramid bomb escape. You will burn with all the rest, lobster, he says. And so the lobster goes to untie Miss Hardman, and one of the henchmen is coming behind him with a chair. Look out, Lobster Johnson, we reveal. It's little Hellboy. He's listening to all this on a radio program. love this. And then it's like, oh, the chair shatters on the floor as the lobster sidesteps the behemoth's attack. Get him, Lobster Johnson. He's got his Lobster Johnson costume on. Yes. Oh, man. He dazes the brute with lightning jabs. And we see Hellboy, he's wow. punching in the air oh, so cute. and easily dodges the wild blows. And he's like moving out of the way. Oh, so cute. It's really cool. Oh, my God. Like uh, When he says he dodges the blow, Hellboy's like, ha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As this, he's dodging. 
This story has everything I could ever want. I've got Lobster Johnson. I've got a ridiculous villain. <laughs> I've got little baby Hellboy being cute. Oh, Man, yeah. This is just my jam. I love this. Not only that, we get right hand of doom boom number 52 <laughs> little hellboy against a lampshade Aww. oh man and it's a spoken boom too yeah Aww. good deal and i love this Super reveal of him cute. with the goggles on and everything yes. man he is so happy of himself yeah his little hoovies and the, the program says that uh, the police came but the madman escaped with the pyramid of radioactive death there's no rest for the dark agent of justice Join us for the further exciting adventures of the lobster. Man. But that's not enough for little Hellboy. He jumps out the window and he still has to continue the adventures. But I like how Mac tries to yeah. pull him back for a second. <laughs> oh, Mac is so cute. Mac. Let me go. I got to inflict justice and you can't come. Aw. Look at this. It's the fucking pyramid thing. Right. So he sees the BPRD <laughs> scientists and they have something that looks like a pyramid. And he goes, oh, the lobster is back on the trail with the Crimson Pharaoh's atomic pyramid of death. And he's like, justice yes i love that but it comes back in with like the word bubbles that were the radio yeah so it's almost like he's in his head this. he hears the radio and he's like okay now it's my turn now just yeah. for a second i just want to pause and uh like these two guys we should use a jeep demonstration's already behind schedule just be quiet and keep walking can you imagine if your coworker said that to you if my coworker said just be quiet keep going like rude <laughs> this is rude so they're taking this in for an experiment with dr strick fadden from inside the lab finally the ectoplasmic resonator now we can begin and we reveal the doctor there he says this mummy was found near the pyramids of giza found this apparatus will read its cellular memory they they straight up stole a fucking mummy so we see in the background they have a, a mummy back there it's like strapped to some gurney with the antenna and the lights and they've got that pyramid thing there too he's like we're gonna find all this stuff from the mummy how were those great monuments erected perhaps with electromagnetism telekinesis or even anti-gravity no they just built them so i did want to talk about this ancient egyptian pyramid construction techniques are a controversial subject because <laughs> um, there are many hypotheses uh, these techniques nah. seem to have developed over time uh, later pyramids were not constructed in the same way that earlier ones were most of the construction hypotheses are based on the belief that huge stones were carved from quarries with copper chisels. These blocks were dragged and lifted into position. Disagreements chiefly concerned with the methods used to move and place the stones. In addition, with many unresolved arguments about the construction techniques, there have even been disagreements to the workforce used. And there's also all these pseudoscientific theories that have when proliferated. When you say pseudoscientific, do you mean absolute batshit? Like so I actually, uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. Completely I, I'm not going to go into all of this, but there's the ancient astronauts theory. There's the Orion correlation theory that the pyramids uh, align with Orion. And that has a whole thing that's attached to it. Um, there's a water shaft theory, which I thought was interesting. In 2013, archaeologists discovered a set of papyri written by individuals involved in the construction of the Is Great the Pyramid. Is it the Pearl of Papyrus? Yes. Huh. Among the papyri was the Diary of Merer, written by a middle-ranking official tasked with transporting the blocks from the quarry to the construction site. So they actually found a thing that the construction guy wrote. <laughs> it's been called the greatest discovery in Egypt in the 21st century. Describes a system of canals and waterways being yep. used to transport the blocks. The water shaft theory speculates that the canal-like technology may have been used not just to transport blocks to the site, but to actually raise the blocks to the top of the pyramid using water. Under this scenario, flotations would be attached to a block, and the block would be floated into the bottom of the water-filled shaft. A series of locks would then allow the block to be floated up to the sealed water shaft at the top of the pyramid. Um, so anyway, there's well, a whole... Everybody yes. knows that flying saucers built the pyramids, <laughs> so I don't want to hear Yeah, how else do they do it? This. I always like the Orion correlation theory. Right. I, I mean, yeah. I know it's I know it's all BS and all that, but when I heard that as a kid, I was like, "Hey, that sounds plausible." Yeah. More plausible than ancient alien. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I will say that that does sound super cool. But Hellboy sees all this. He sees the mummy as the Crimson Pharaoh, right? And so uh, he's like, still sees that they're going to burn up the city with atomic fire. But in the real world, the mummy actually starts talking. I would love it if this guy was just like listening to them, like listening to them talk about all this shit. And then he's like, I'm going to fuck with these guys. I'm going to be like, oh, praise to the seven archons. Of oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the crystals are helping us levitate them and we can power our flying ships. And his friend is like, 
I would I would love it if there was another mummy in there. Like, dude, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, no, but I love this. How it they're starts, like, like snickering together. Like, yeah, our, our totally, flying ships. The story yeah, feeds totally. into all those pseudoscientific theories. I love that. He's like, come on, just go along with it. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. We have we have flying <laughs> spaceships and everything. It's great. Uh, we're gonna levitate these stones with our magical crystals. You just see them just like totally fucking with this guy. The guy's like, yeah, wow, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. And they're like, yeah, you're dumb. We just right. built him. <laughs> it's fine. Bringing a mummy to life or talking to a mummy, it also made me think of other Hellboy stories where we've kind of seen this motif. Um, we saw it into the Silent Sea. They brought a mummy to life and talked to it. Um, also, Hellboy Macoma is kind of like that. There's a mummy talking to Hellboy. And then Panya is a mummy that gets like reanimated or whatever. So as the mummy is spilling all the beans, talking about their flying ships, uh, Dr. Strick Fadden's like, yes, yes. And then all of a sudden, the goggled man of mystery crashes through the skylight. The Crimson Fair will not escape tonight. Eat the claw of lobster justice, little Hellboy <laughs> says. And they're just like, what the fuck? And the mummy, he says, many of their flying ships are stored in caves nearby. Oh, no. The ships can be easily found by, and Hellboy knocks off the oh, head of the wow. mummy just before he can finish the sentence. He thinks he's the lobster knocking off the mask of the Crimson Pharaoh. And I love how the uh, what the lobster is going in, you know, reflects on the other panels right next to it too. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. the cemetery is amazing. I really love yeah. this. Yeah. And so in the lobster version, he's got the crimson pharaoh, and he's like, "Since you couldn't run the city, you see to it that nobody could." But then it's really Hellboy going, "Uh oh!" And they're like, "Get him out of here." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Right when the mummy was going to say, like, where the flying saucers were and stuff like that. I like the way the lobster is posing here. The, the full body page. shot. Yeah. yeah really cool. She says another case wrapped up for the lobster. That's what she's writing. Yeah. On her thing. Oh, she's. Yes. And so we've seen that, too, I think, in some of the lobster comics. She actually wrote that, though, if you look at it real close. Oh, nice. It says that. Good job there. That's a good catch. Be with us next time for more Slam Bang Adventures of the Lobster. And so we see Dr. Strickfadden's holding the mummy's head in his hands Jeez. while they're dragging Hellboy out. And Hellboy says, no need for assistance, officers. I was just doing my patriotic duty. <laughs> I love Hellboy. I will say, that stuff is really fun. Like, I do I do like, it's super entertaining, yeah. you know, to think about, ah, flying saucers. And I definitely love that stuff from an entertainment standpoint. Yeah. Like, I will watch anything about that. I will yeah. read anything about that. I, I think it's great. I mean, Stargate. One of the best movies ever did that. I mean, oh, that yeah, was that yeah. was good stuff. You know, it's fantastic. It's it's great. I don't mean to be like Stargate was definitely a movie. Hey, <laughs> I, I'm kidding. That I, was a great movie. I'm kidding. I like the movie. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, you know, I don't mean to sound like such a party pooper. I definitely am a big fan of stuff like that. They just built him. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I loved the story here. I loved, uh, you know, you got little Hellboy, you got the lobster, you got this yeah. kind of like. Um, throwback everything. little pulp action. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Love that. All right. I love these little Hellboy animated cartoon. Yeah, these are great. Uh, these little comics, they're pretty good. I'm, I'm, I've really been enjoying them. I'm excited to get into more of the Hellboy animated stuff next week. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. That was a fun little adventure with uh, Hellboy and Lobster Johnson and Kid Hellboy. Uh, I want to hear what you thought. You can send us a... Hey, you damn guys at HellboyBookClub at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club. You can also find all of our resources on our Facebook About section, our Podbean website, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. As always, a special thank you to Paul from Gartahan for the theme music. Thank you, Paul. Thank you to Mark for helping John with the reading order. Help. Thank you, John, for just doing this amazing editing wizardry stuff. Thank you, Danielle, for your insightful commentaries. <laughs> <laughs> insightful, you mean obnoxious. Also, remember to check out uh, Milagro Kickstarter. It went live yesterday. Awesome. Go ahead and sign up. You will not regret it. Yeah, these guys genuinely have their shit together. It's not one of those things where you're going to be like, am I ever getting oh, this man. thing that okay. I signed up to get? Yeah, Ross said he's already halfway through. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> I don't want to call anybody out. There's actually a really cool artist that I love um, who does great work, but I don't want to say their name because no, right. I contributed to a Kickstarter for a really cool book that they were doing. And I and that thing still has not come out. It's been years at this point. Years, and several years, more than one year. Yes. And, wow. Wow. And and the guy is still pumping out work, and he's still doing stuff. And it's hmm. like, but the, the the comic hasn't come out, right. and it's like it's kind of frustrating. This I, is what you gave your money I, I, to. I, I think 
I think I will see it eventually. Right. You know, but it's not following the timeline of the way these things are supposed to go. And that is not going to happen with Matt that, and Yeah, Ron. exactly. And like Aubrey Ron, just said, yeah. the artwork's yeah. almost finished. Yeah. Like, they're, this, this is happening. Yes. And so... so um, I yes. think Ross and Matt have uh, they can back it up. By They've their got an excellent track work, record. You know? They're very professional. Um, I'm so glad you said that. Th- this is something that you're going to actually get. You're going to get yeah. it on time. It's going to be professionally done, and so you can really uh, stand by putting your money behind this project because it's going to be worth. It. Well, then Ross has also run two successful Kickstarters, and we all have those. Books. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So these guys have these guys have the track record. You know, if you contribute to this Kickstarter, you're going to get everything you were promised, and it's going to be excellent quality, and it's going to be in a timely fashion. And all your dreams will come true. All your dreams will come true, and um, wizards built the pyramids, space wizards with flying saucers. They weren't flying saucers. They were flying pyramids. Uh, flying no. pyramids. <laughs> no, Excuse anyway. Me. Also, be sure to leave us a rating on iTunes. Just open it up and give us that five stars. We'd really appreciate it. Yes. You can find our podcast on Podbean. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. Next week, we're doing another commentary. We're going to be watching Hellboy Animated, Blood and Iron, and Iron Shoes. So, you know what to do. Dust off those DVDs, uh, subscribe to HBO Max, buy it off iTunes or other digital platforms, uh, get your DVDs, your Blu-rays, your 4Ks, and join us next week on the Hellboy Book Club Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm a Pyramid Wizard. And I'm Aubrey Lovelace saying... Eat the claw of lobster justice. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good delivery, Albert. Good job. Good.